So if you're enjoying, appreciating, benefiting from this series of short talks by Padma Vajra on the life and liberation of Padma Sambhava, him channeling these lightning flashes from the blue beyond, then please do consider making a donation to Padmaloka. We're still in uh, uncertain financial times. This year we lost our main source of income, uh, our retreat income, and even though people are starting to return to Padmaloka now, uh, our costs have considerably gone up. Uh, given the various measures that we have to put in place. So although we've benefited enormously from people's generosity uh, throughout the year, we really need to keep that stream of generosity flowing. So do please consider giving what you can. You can do that by following the link that's attached to this video or beneath in our YouTube channel or visiting our website and making a one-off donation or taking out a monthly standing order. Thank you. The holy prince withdrew from the life of a householder at dawn in order to renounce the kingdom. He gathered all the ministers, the prince, naked, except for a six-fold necklace of bones, holding in his hands the vajra, the bell, and the three-pointed katvanga, began to dance on the terrace of the palace. A great crowd gathered to see such a spectacle. The prince caused such fear by feigning pursuit with the Vajra and Katvanga that there was protest and outrage. That was from the chapter in The Life and Liberation of Padmasambhava describing the prince, Padmasambhava's going forth from the palace. It describes the strange practices that he began to, engage, began to engage in. In order to go forth, the prince started to utterly outrage the norms of the court, the norms of the country. He started to go about naked, started to adorn himself with bones. Bones, wearing bones is associated with impurity. Nakedness is associated with impurity. The urge to liberation, breaking through, bursting through. If you repress the urge to liberation, if you attempt to suppress your longing to fully develop and transform, if you suppress or attempt to suppress liberating awareness, sooner or later it will break through. It will be ecstatic. It will become mad and crazy, make you mad and crazy. In the tantric, tantric tradition, you have this period of tantric practice called unamatacharya and vatulacharya, uh, the, the practice of mad or crazy observance. In this tradition, you dance, you just engage in completely spontaneous movement. You cover yourself in vermilion, you go about naked symbolising your utter truthfulness, your, hon your honesty, your authenticity. You wear the bones of the dead because you want to display all the ornaments of renunciation, that you are really dead to the world. Uh, you want to demonstrate the realm of change and renunciation. And something else was going on here. The prince, Padmasambhava, does not only want to go forth, he wants to be cut off entirely from the world. He's engaging 
in mad observance, in this conventional, kingly, royal setting. He's upsetting everybody. He wants to do that so that they will completely cut him off. He wants to become completely rejected by society. He wants to be absolute in his going forth. He wants an irrevocable break. He wants to be rejected. He wants to be made outcast. This is the way of the Siddhas. This is the way of the Mahasiddhas. Traditionally, there are 84 Mahasiddhas, great adepts, great sorcerers, great magicians who attained the highest of all Siddhis, the union of bliss and emptiness, Yoganada, enlightenment itself. And these are the origins of the Indian Buddhist tantric tradition. And they live these people outside of traditional Brahminical caste-based society with, e with all its conventions. They broke out and beyond even conventional Buddhism. Even that was too restricting, too tame, too restrictive. You can hear their songs. Hear a song from the Krishna Yamari Tantra. Riding on the best of buffaloes within the domains of the great forest tribes, he, the Siddha, is, an orna is ornamented with snakes and carries an iron vajra. His hair coloured ochre with bezor and tied in just the right way with skulls around his head let him apply ochre to his beard. He exclaims the mantras Hri and Stri, brandishing his iron vajra. This lion's roar should be done that way because it is the vajra practice of Yamari. And if he has developed his ability, let him enter a city playfully. In an auspicious dance, he sings sweet confection and other kinds of songs. Padmasambhava's behaviour in the end was so shocking that the ministers demanded that the king do something drastic. They actually wanted his execution. He has to be got rid of. But the king could not bear that. So it was agreed he should be exiled. He needed to be exiled from the country, sent far away, never to return, cast out, made a not-person, a non-person, sent like a scapegoat out into the desert to take on all the sins of the people. How we love scapegoats. So they demanded that he was exiled to the fearful cemetery the fearful cremation ground of Sitavana, Chidi Grove, the cool grove, far away, left there among the dead, in penance, practicing the Mahavrata, the great vow, fulfilling the great vow. But, as Sangharakshita once said, when talking about betrayal, his own experience of being betrayed by people he trusted. In talking about betrayal, he said, betrayal 
is like being sent out into the desert, into the wilderness. But the desert, if you look at it in the right way, the wilderness, if you look at it in the right way, can be a wonderful place where everything becomes clear. All becomes clear to you. You're cut off from the mainstream. You're rejected by convention. And there, in the wilderness, and it can be the wilderness even of the 21st century, the modern world, that wilderness, everything becomes clear. There are visions, there are initiations, visions of a new consciousness, initiations into a new consciousness. Sometimes we need to spend time in the desert, in the wilderness, in the cremation ground. <laughs>